0: The church loves drama. The Jews loved drama. And the scriptures are filled with drama. And there's pro- probably nothing more dramatic than this time leading up to Christmas and the time following, the stories that we have. There are few stories, but they're really rich and good ones. And all this week, we, we focus more intently, in fact, nothing could be more true than this responsorial phrase that we said, Lift up your heads and see, your redemption is near at hand. And that's what we celebrate, the redemption that has come to us through Jesus the Christ. And as we inch closer and closer through the Gospel of Luke to the actual birth, um, we focus here again on this relationship between Mary and Elizabeth and their children, those who they're going to bear. And Elizabeth and Zechariah, um, having prepared for the birth of their son, Now he arrives, and eight days later, um, when they're going to have the circumcision, is when the naming takes place, and they come and say, well, what name are you giving to your son? And Elizabeth, the mother, she's the one who bore him, says his name will be John. Oh, no, this is impossible. They say, it can't be. No one in your family's name named John. And this is extraordinary. I guess this would happen in the Jewish society. They just walk away from her and go to the father, We don't accept what she said. Be quiet. What is his name going to be? And when he writes, his name will be John, they're amazed. Now, if it just stopped there, that would be thrilling. But Luke goes further, and he has at that moment that the name is given, and that moment that they hear the name given, the people, and then accept it because the Father has said so, and they show their amazement In that context of amazement, his mouth is opened, he is no longer mute. If they were amazed before that, this was a jaw dropper. Oh my God, now he can speak. Now that this truth has been spoken, and he who had doubted and questioned, now he speaks what the angel had told him, and as he proclaims that in written word, his mouth is loosed and he can speak again. So, the obvious question is this. What then will this child be? What then will this child be, John? Well, who could have understood or realized what was foretold that John would be the one who would foretell the coming of Jesus the Lord, our Savior? And as we heard uh, two weeks ago, I think on Sunday, um, when Jesus later proclaimed, John's now in prison, he's about to be beheaded, and Jesus said, no man up until this time has been born of a woman that is greater than John. That means he's saying Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, all the prophets, nobody's greater than John, but for one reason because he foretold the coming of the Savior, he said, there he is, that's him, that's him. Pay attention. And so we must, we must pay attention. And we must think, we must think as we come closer, just two days away now, we are celebrating the past event of the birth of Jesus. We're celebrating it again saying, we must remember this birthday We must remember it because this was the entrance of salvation into our world. Our redemption is near at hand. This is what we celebrate in Christmas. And as we appreciate that and recognize it, um, we have to understand, we come to Jesus giving all of our love and praise and our prayer and glorifying God and giving everything in that direction of that manger but that gift giving of all the world is nothing nothing in comparison to the gift that he gives us redemption and this is so rich our understanding of redemption for me unfortunately people think of it in these terms because this is what we say he died on the cross for our sins with an s each individual sin every sin we've ever committed all through our life that's good that's wonderful But to me, it's far richer than that. On his dying on the cross, he saved us from sin. And the, the sin that is so pervasive and that we see it in the world right now, I mean, this last year has been horrific with all the terrorism and the killings and just this last week. How is it that human beings can be so inhuman to one another? How is it? How is it that we can live with hate for years in our heart? How is it that we can want revenge, how is it, all of us are included, how is it that we cannot talk to somebody sometimes for the longest because we've been offended? How is it that we can be so inhuman? And so, on the cross, the most human, the most human act was done. In the most inhuman murder, assassination of Jesus, one innocent and loving, and mercy-filled, in that inhuman act, he gives the most, the most human response that could ever be imagined. He forgives, he prays for, he loves his enemies. So he practiced what he preached. And to me, there is nothing more saving than to give us back our humanity, to give it back to us we celebrate the redemption that's near at hand. Two days we're celebrating it's coming, it's here. We need to open our hearts at the deepest level and ask that redemption to be effective in our hearts and lives. We'll never be perfect, that's just we're we're sinful people. But we can be redeemed from the power of sin to control us and dehumanize us on a daily and a constant basis opening ourselves to redemption and allowing ourselves to recall it again and again and every time we trip and fall to get back up and say, no, I won't stay down. I refuse I refuse to allow life to dehumanize me. Rather, I will take seriously the redemption and that Christ is near at hand. Let us stand and lift up our needs to God.